0: Hey there, perfect peeps. Have you ever wanted to come on to a podcast and talk about what you've been working on? Or do you have a product to show off? We would love to have you on perfect.dev. Please reach out. You can find us on codingcat.dev or just reach out to me personally, alex at codingcat.dev. Come say hello. Don't be afraid. We'd love to have you on. Thanks so much. Welcome back, perfect peeps, to perfect.dev. Today on the show, Jason Langsdorf. Is it Hello. Langsdorf? Did I get it right? Is Langsdorf. I always feel like I mess it up for some reason. I don't know why.
1: I always feel like I mess it up too. Honestly, <laughs> it's a terrible last <laughs> laugh name.
0: I think it's a great last name. I, I hate <laughs> Patterson. It's like not unique enough. So,
1: well, cool. I, I do have. Uh, I'm the only Jason Langsdorf in the world. So my oh, SEO I is said. on point.
2: That I will, is awesome.
1: I will say before, like, I, I, you know, I had to Google for all the
0: research side of this and I'm like, you're the only one. It's kind of amazing.
1: Yeah. I, in that, in that regard, I'm happy. I have a, a friend of mine. His name is Nate Green and uh, he has to compete with like professional oh. athletes, yep. <laughs> and professional singers. And it's like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine what that SEO struggle must be like.
2: You have to have a business I, name with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Alex, I feel like you're probably in the same boat. I kind of run into the are you related to James Patterson or like,
0: you know, one of those one-off things. I'm like, no, no one's related to me.
2: In West Michigan, they always ask me about Postmas, but I mean, that's yeah. just locally. So
0: <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, for folks for folks joining in, um we are talking about moving from WordPress to Jamstack today, which is super exciting. I don't know how many times you've talked about this so far, but we're going to pretend like it's your first time, I think, and just ask you some ridiculous <laughs> questions. Um, Perfect. I'm into it. <laughs> so just a little background on Jason. Jason has an amazing uh, Twitch channel, uh, maybe beyond that. Um, I always watch it on Twitch, so I don't know if you're on other things, but it's called Learn With Jason. Um, do you do you stream that out to YouTube and stuff live
1: too, or no? Uh, it it's only live on Twitch, and then it gets cross posted to YouTube, and it uh, it all lives on LearnWithJason.dev is where the the video playback and the resources and links and stuff all all are. Sweet,
0: and then of course always floating around the the Corgi Discord with the the <laughs> rest of us. So hello again from there. Um, and then some of the details about Jason. Uh, Jason now works for Netlify. Um, he does courses and workshops for AgEd and Frontend Masters. And um, yeah, that's that's probably you in a nutshell. You got anything else going
2: on?
1: I, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I, a little I, bit I of like, everything. Yeah, I I used to joke in my previous role. I I joked that my job was uh, human duct tape because I just kind of the I patch where, wherever I needed to be, I would go and try to fix it. Um, and, and I feel like that's actually sort of my happy place, right? Like I like to do a little bit of a lot. Um, a good place
2: to be. Yeah. You
1: know, I like to learn. I like to, I like to play around with things. And and so being in a role where, where I get to do a lot of that, it's actually kind of what I love about Netlify too, is, is the role that I'm in is a lot of like, I don't know, go help the sales team. I don't know, go help the marketing team. I don't know, write a tutorial. It's like, great. I can do all those things. That's fun. <laughs> Yeah, so I you never doing, get bored.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are the same way. I, I love doing all of that stuff, but I think Brittany can attest I usually end up taking on too much and completely get fried. And I'm like, I'm off for the night. I, I got to <laughs> sleep. Like, there's too much going on, especially when con- contextually you go from like, uh, you know, coding to like tutorial mode to video mm-hmm. editing to marketing. And it's like too much, too much <laughs> shift.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta split it up by day. I like I have my, um, I have to kind of contextually group my my work. So it's like okay, so like Thursday is the day I'm gonna write stuff, and I'll do emails and tutorials and and proposals. And then it's like all right, Friday though, I'm just code. Like nobody nobody talking to me. I'm quitting Slack. Like <laughs> nice, that's
2: really cool.
0: That's a that's a good way to break it up. I should do the same thing. Just block off whole sections.
2: That is, you keep your head in the same space, and you are more productive. That way, I feel like if you block things off together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, there's a, a really, a really good infographic I saw about the, the cost of context switching. And like you, you effectively yep. lose 20% of your time whenever you context switch. So if you're context switching between five things, you're <laughs> only like 10% of your time is actually productive. That's crazy. So, it, you know, keeping single context is actually really, really important for, for getting anything done. Yeah. yeah, that's an amazing point. I, we talk
0: about it at work all the time. I haven't heard the, those exact numbers, so that's, that's kind of crazy to think about. Speaking of context switching, I guess we should dive into the topic.
2: That was a nice transition.
1: Such a good like segue. That was pro.
2: Yes.
0: I'm getting good at this podcasting stuff. <laughs> Um. So yeah, Jason's here to talk about, and it kind of goes along with your new role a little bit. I would say. Um. So all about uh, migrating from WordPress to Jamstack, and our, our first question that we have for you is,
1: what is Jamstack, and what does it mean to you? So, as you can imagine, I think about this a lot. So, um the the Jamstack is a it's a web architecture, right? So our our goal with Jamstack is to Get the site set up in such a way that it is the most maintainable, the most like efficient to produce, and the so it comes down to a couple guidelines. Uh, with the Jamstack, you're building a decoupled front end, so there's there's an actual like firm boundary between the front end of your code and everything else. Uh, you are pre-compiling as much as you can, so whenever possible, if you've got data that can be loaded ahead of time. Pre-compile that down so that you don't have to rely on those APIs to be live. That gives you more resilience and flexibility. Um, and then you want to pull in everything else as needed. So you pull in data either at build time when you can or on the client side when you can't, uh, or through serverless APIs if you need to do something, or actually through any APIs, you know, you can build you can build a custom like node microservice and, and have that as, as something that powers your front end. And it's still Jamstack. Like I think a lot of times people are like, "Well, you can't have servers on the Jamstack. You can, just don't build them into your your UI layer. Like that's the only rule."
0: <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting in that sneaky territory of there's no such thing as serverless. You know, there there's servers mm-hmm. everywhere. And it's yeah. like yeah okay like let's get to the definition a little bit further here there are servers you're right but serverless is just what you explained right it's that mm-hmm. separation and making sure the ui isn't hitting a server so um we always talk about and i always say like and we want to be as like static first as possible and then from there um kind of move past that and i think what you know what we're kind of focused on here the wordpress side too it was always the opposite right so it was the server um side generated code that's coming back and um HP's gotten a lot of flack in my opinion like i don't love writing it but it, i still think it's a, a great language there's a reason i think i think facebook is still uh running a lot of their code out of it as well um but of course they've fully embraced react on the the jamstack side of the the house um yeah so the the next piece that we we're, we were kind of or the next question we always hear like WordPress holds thirty percent of the internet um, mm. up uh, do you feel like that's still the case or maybe now that you've been at at netlify you kind of have kind of jumped in there further and seen some stats what do you think is it no, is think, WordPress pulling away
1: I mean the so the thing about WordPress is that WordPress really is kind of an unparalleled experience for managing websites on the internet um and and i i don't think that anything out there has really managed to make it as easy to just say i want a website i clicked a button i have a website and and like there are options out there like you know you see the wix and you see the um uh, that's the only one i can think of webflow well yeah and but like those the kind of like what you see is what you get editors and and those are fine if you have zero opinions about your your site. And and like they do work. You can get a great site out of that. But like when you when you start wanting to customize, usually you fall off a cliff so hard that those those sites become kind of unmanageable, right? And then you're then you're unhappy with it and then you want to move to something else. And if you go with something that's more code focused than WordPress, then the getting started is rough enough that you can't really get there without a developer. Um, and there are lots of ways that you can get set up and then be fine once you have it, like the developer gets you rolling and then you don't need a developer anymore. And there's a ton of CMSs that fall in that camp. But that like, that sweet spot where WordPress is like, you know, you click a button and then you have a website and then I go through a list of themes and I'm like, oh, that one looks cool. And I click a button and now I have that theme. And then I go through a list of plugins and I go, oh yeah, yeah, I use MailChimp, I'll click that button. And then you, you know, like the, the, the ease of getting something built on WordPress there's a reason that it's so popular. And I, I think that, you know, it, it kind of set a standard for how to manage back-end content. Um, and that's not to throw shade at anybody, because I think that a lot of the headless CMSs are, are giving them a run for their money in terms of, of coming in with really excellent experiences for, for editing content. But, like, WordPress has been doing this for years, and they're, they're really good at it. <laughs> well, so, a little
0: bit of a head start, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Like they, but they're just really good at, at providing that experience. Um, what I do think though, is I think that WordPress is not something that front end developers or people who build websites really get excited about working. with. And, and I think that it's for the reason that you mentioned where I, you know, if I'm going to write a front end, I don't really want to write a front end with PHP. It's like it, nothing against PHP. I think PHP is a great language. It's how I got my start in the industry, but yep. it's not a front end language and, and trying to write front ends that are like mixed html and and php it just all starts to feel a little kludgy and i'd rather use something you know I'd, I'd honestly i'd rather start with plain html and work my way up to until i need something like react and and uh if if i can use Eleven D to build my wordpress site great if i can use gatsby or next or or whatever to use my my wordpress site great now i can do anything because i can do all the front-end stuff that i like and I don't have to worry about this complicated contact uh, content layer. Like the the CMS is is world class, and now my front end can be world class instead of whatever the the PHP thing would let me get to or like hack in there on top of it.
0: Oh, you have sold me. I think we're going back to WordPress. <laughs> no, I, I, so the big the big thing that. Um, you often run into and what we ran into. So there's like a a cost offset to this Mm -hmm. too. So um, for our stuff, it's a learning management platform, right? And so you need a ton of thread capability because of all of the interactions that are happening and most of the, the places that you can host off of, they're just looking for like mom and pop type sites. And typically like in my opinion, those are better suited for like a static site, right? And so we're up in like hundreds of dollars of hosting mm-hmm. and getting the same to to get the same experience out of wordpress that we can get for free out of like next.js right
2: mm-hmm. and
0: so i don't know in your opinion kind of talking about that a little bit do you see a lot of companies especially like now in your your natal flight role do you see them kind of pivoting and saying well wordpress or x uh, monolithic system was fine are they taking a step to like use that api for that system and building a static site or is it kind of like all in
1: one they're just throwing it away and moving on um i think it it depends on what somebody is is trying to accomplish you know i think like you you brought up a, a few good points when when you're talking about um hosting for wordpress like when you when you go to the Jamstack, the, a lot of the reason that companies go to the Jamstack is not because they're super stoked about like using a static site generator. It's it's because by you by making that choice to pre-compile your UI, you're buying yourself a much lower infrastructure overhead, a much lower risk deployment pipeline, the the opportunity to be able to deploy to production automatically multiple times per day. Um, you also get this like stability guarantee. If you if you build off of your WordPress site and everything is statically compiled, you can shut down the WordPress site mm-hmm. and the live site is still there. So you don't need to keep your WordPress database or, or server up at all. You know, you could theoretically have it completely off the internet and behind your company VPN and people edit in the VPN. And then when it goes published, there is no line from the, the public website to the WordPress. So some of those things that you see, like WordPress sites get hacked, or WordPress sites go, they go down because they get overloaded, or, or all of these different things, those kind of disappear when you use this Jamstack thing. And mm-hmm. instead of needing the the thirty dollar a month hosting that's specialized for for WordPress, you can use the the free tier of Netlify and a you know a five dollar DigitalOcean droplet for your, your WordPress site. And you're like you're often sailing. I did a thing with um I did a stream with Kobe Fayok on Learn with Jason where we used Amazon light sale. Oh, and wow. setting up a light sale WordPress instance would cost $3.50 a month, like $3.50. Uh, and it's more than enough machine to handle a, a static install. So is, there's this is that a is that like a one click install or is there kind of a... it was pretty darn close. It actually took me longer to log into AWS than it did to set up the light sale. <laughs> oh install. yeah. I feel like I've gone down that road um,
0: in our our last kind of go around with trying to stand up uh, WordPress, but I did it all like with serverless and like this whole crazy architecture. So with Lightsail, it's that's kind of a a vast improvement for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, and and like you know, if if what we're talking about is like we we as as front end developers, we want the control over our front end, but when we start talking to the rest of our team, you know, the the leadership team is looking for. How do we work quickly? How do we have like fast iteration how do we if we get a bug how do we fix that bug today and not in three weeks when we get through the review cycle? if we have a, a new feature request, how do we get that out? um the ops team is thinking about you know how do we how do I not get paged in the middle of the night because the server's down um, How do I not have to go spin up a backup because this this database got attacked right how do we not have to figure out how to deal with like a SEV1 incident because, you know, somebody figured out how to get all the emails out of our data. Like so many things that can go wrong. Right. Um, and, And if you move to this, this JAMstack thing, like you can build a pipeline where, you know, you don't have to do release engineering. Your ops team is just saying, well, yeah, we know that the front end is, is statically compiled. And we know that like to roll it back is basically one click because the, the compiled UI goes into a folder and we take that folder live. And then if we compile it again, we get a new folder and then we take that folder live. And if we don't like that folder, we can just go to the old folder and everything is fine. We're, we're back up and live again. Um, Perfect. So ops teams get time to focus on like the interesting problems, not release cool. engineering. Uh, and the leadership team has this confidence that now that the ops team is happy and there's no risk in, in deploying quickly, now you can iterate, you can pump out two three four releases a day and it's not it doesn't even put a strain on your team right it just starts to feel normal like the the netlify app for example app.netlify.com there are days where we'll deploy that a dozen times um you know that's our production load bearing that's like the whole soul of the business and that's uh that's a jamstack app that we just deploy automatically whenever we merge to the main branch
2: are there any issues with build times when you do that
1: Mm -mm, because we um we precompile. So like app.netlify.com is uh, is more of a single page app approach. So it's still a decoupled UI, but a lot of what happens is client side. So async. Mm-hmm. Um, so the build times for our app are actually really fast. Like nice. we, we build the whole Netlify app in, in a couple of minutes. That's uh, one of the I things
2: people it, always worry about with static sites is like, how long is my build time going to be? So, yeah. yeah, if we can avoid that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there are strategies around that too. Like, you know, if you've got a big WordPress site with, with like thousands and thousands of pages, you can, you can do things like do one big build for the, the 90% of pages that are just there for like long tail SEO that don't get a ton of traffic. And then your top 10% of pages that actually change, like build them as part of a different process. You have this, we've got this really nice setup on Netlify and you can do this on any host where you just set up a proxy for like your, you know, your archive route or your, your routes that you're not super worried about. You deploy those from one instance that maybe that one takes an hour to build, but it's also gonna build once a year. Um, and then you've got your your like active thing and that's the, the top 150 pages on your site. That one, that one builds in a minute and a half. Um, and they're all under the same domain. You just, you know, you kind of optimize for like, usually when people are getting really long build times it's because they're trying to build literally everything every time. And, and there are a lot of strategies that let you get around that. And they don't really affect, like, you You can even do it out of the same code base. You know, you set an environment variable and, like, grab a filtered list of which pages build according to which environment variable. So you, you know, run, like, page set archive versus page set uh, active and boom. I mean, I, I, think- I realize I'm saying that very, like, oversimplified, <laughs> but I promise it's not, like, it, it is an attainable thing. It's not, like, a super opsy thing that you have to do.
0: Yeah, I, I see a lot of um, kind of customers that like that's a big concern, and it's typically coming out of like agencies um, that they like to change their marketing and their branding often, mm-hmm. and so therefore they have to rebuild all those pages uh, quite often as well. And so it's it's interesting to always think about it that way. And I think the the coolest solution, the reason that I I feel like Gatsby's somewhat a little behind Next.js on this is that regeneration portion. So, I know um, Netlify just uh, is about to do a big conference seminar. Not sure what I call it, but we're kind of talking about how to do uh, Next.js on mm-hmm. on Netlify. Um, the only thing that's been holding us back from making that move is actually the the regeneration side to that. Do mm-hmm. they have a solution for that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's actually running now. Um, we okay. the the way that we do it is so. And this is where my opinions are going to come out. So um that's fine. One of the one of the things that I find a little dangerous about the static regeneration approach is that like so the benefit of the Jam stack is that we took Should all should we pause a minute and like tell people what regeneration is before we dive too far? Right. Yeah. So let's do that. Okay. So when we talk about incremental static regeneration or or any kind of like Uh, you'll hear it called stale while revalidate or partial builds or, or dynamic, you know, dynamic something. Um, A lot of times what that means is you would have some of the pages on the site built statically. And then you have these kind of wildcard routes. And if you hit a wildcard route that hasn't been statically generated, it will go to a backend, generate that page on the fly and then bring it to the front end. And optionally you can cache it. Um, so on the surface, this sounds really promising because, you know, it's like, wow, okay, so I can just like build 10 pages and then the rest of the pages will will generate on demand. And that's amazing. Um, and it's, it kind of is, but where the trick comes in is when you start looking at the more advanced ops stories. So with a, a compiled UI and API layers, you have one caching story. You have static assets and you have api assets when you have incremental static regeneration you now have a third like a second layer of caching in there because you are you have static assets and then you have an api layer and then you have static assets that also go back to a server and also call apis and then they generate another cached thing at a different point in time so if you roll back there's no guarantee that what you're rolling back to is going to be the same as what you had Hmm. uh, at the time that you like did your next deploy. So you're introducing um, variability and like variability is a really hard thing to like mathematically comprehend because it, it explodes so fast. But like factorials is, is what I start to look at when I start thinking about caching complexity. If you have one layer, there's one possibility. If you have two layers, there are two possibilities. If you have three, there are six. By the time you get to 10, hold on, I'm going to look up this exact number because it's it's so bonkers. It's this is live math, folks. This is going to get yeah, crazy. I thought 10, I
2: didn't have to know math. 10
1: factorial is 3,628,800 possibilities. <laughs> this, this sounds like a lot of problems. It, that is a lot of problems. Like when they say that, the hardest problems in computer science are naming things in cache invalidation. validation. It's not because caching is hard. It's because typically we start introducing multiple layers and strategies for caching. Mm. And as we add any rules, the complexity grows and it's exploding complexity. I really
0: like this discussion because uh, like all along, we've been setting up our site, right? We have our statically built blog pages, they work great. I don't want to build all of them every time because we're kind of like uh, Nellify. like we plan on probably building the minute I can get a change out, we want it out there, right? We want those features, we're really new. Um, the next kind of like phase to that is okay, all those long tail stuff, like I just want those regenerated. I've never really considered the fact that that's fine forward moving. But if we ever had to roll back, that bug kind of remains out there till the next person actually hits that page and gets the regeneration again,
1: right? Yeah, and it, it and it's just one of those things that it like it adds another thing you have to think about. And yeah. like when you you know I, I was talking to a, a another company where like they had one caching layer for their assets, and then they had another caching layer for their APIs, and then they had a caching layer behind that one. And what they found was like when they cleared one part of the cache, it would then go hit the the API before that cache had cleared, and so then you'd get like an, a partial cache that wasn't right and and then they would it was kind of like creating this weird situation where they were getting like they couldn't clear their cache because as they cleared one part it would refresh with another part that would keep it in an older state um, and and it just kind of comes down to this whole problem of like you know if if it's just static assets. And the static assets don't worry about caching API stuff, and your APIs have a, a standard caching TTL of like, you know, if it changes all the time, maybe it's maybe it's only ten seconds, or if it doesn't change very often, maybe it's a day. Um, and the static assets just hit that API, and it will always get the right data. And the the static assets are always the static assets, so you know if it was right when you built it, it's right when they load it, no matter what. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. that type that type of guarantee, it's um, you will hear it called like atomic or immutable deploys yeah. is is this idea that it's a guarantee it's like functional programming if you or having a pure function if you've ever heard that that description mm-hmm. of like the same thing yeah, in me not mutating same thing. those objects kids <laughs> exactly It you don't want mutation and and that's the power of this jamstack model is you're basically creating a pure function out of your website same input same output every time guaranteed
2: that is an awesome analogy i like that
1: Yeah,
0: I feel like we've talked about Jamstack a million times and we've had Guillermo on and we've talked about Next.js and every time we talk about I'm just like, ah, it's amazing and it is. It's literally, it's an amazing tool that that we're using today. Uh, But I've never kind of flipped it on its head and said, okay, what are the problems that you could run into or or might run into? Um, I don't think a lot of people for smaller sites will have this issue. If you're like, Coca-Cola or like Nike or someone massive and you're building out thousands or New York times or whatever, you're building out thousands and thousands of these pages and you're iterating and changing. Like now you start to run into scale issues. Right. And those Mm -hmm. are probably the, the, the better examples of what you're talking about where um, like the static site is going to be faster. However, if I uh, go full circle back to our WordPress piece here, WordPress is kind of the same way. If you've introduced changes, you're hitting that server every single time. So you're guaranteed mm-hmm. that that is going to be accurate. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of back to that blending factor, right? So if you can get a static build out there that's fast, that's probably better. But right. it's that that trade-off of you know speed versus complexity versus uh, developer experience,
1: like all those things stacked up absolutely yeah and and you know where where i've kind of fallen on the <clears throat> on the the chart there is like generally speaking anything that changes so fast that a a build can't get through it is something that you could do uh as an spa style like async mm-hmm. render because all the arguments that you would make like SEO isn't affected by something that changes every five minutes. Like that's just yeah. kind of not how that works. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when you've got things that that don't go with the build, and I think the other thing that that is that is really um, it's easy to overlook, but it's such a powerful model is that idea of like a website is when it's static, it's a collection of folders. And if you think about like how that works on the on the internet, like your routes are all folders. So you know you can build just one of those folders at a time. And so you can break your build apart and say like, yeah, I'm going to build my, my blog or my press release page because that needs to change all the time. And if I just build that route, it's a folder called press release that I can now drop onto the site and it's live. And, and my press release repo is, is, you know, that section or, you know, you, you set it up as a monorepo or you set it up as a single site. Like I said, with, with, uh, where you say like, you know, build this section of folders or this section of pages. Mm -hmm. Um, And with each of those moves, like if you, if you just build your press releases, then, you know, even if you got a thousand of them, like the problems with Jamstack is, is when you start getting into the tens of thousands of pages. So before then, you know, it's, it's five minutes. That's how long it takes to clear the edge cache on, on like Akamai or, or uh, CloudFront or any of those anyways. Right. So it's like, you know, how much how much speed are you really getting in exchange for that extra complexity? And in my experience, it's almost never enough extra speed because yes. the, the extra complexity means your deployment time goes up. So if it takes you two weeks to get that site that is is so much faster, are you really faster?
2: And it's That's a much point. better user experience on the front end for the user. So it's, in my opinion, it's just way better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's not a matter of better. I think it's a matter of trade-offs, right? It's it really yeah, is everything
2: late. has trade-offs, yeah.
1: And and I think that it it really does come down to like I I have not seen any situations in, in my career where I've been like, you know, I'll opt in for that server variability because it it really is faster than than doing this compilation step. Like the, the compilation step is is because it can be broken apart, you just I just haven't hit a point where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: So to, to kind of circle it back around and, and let's, let's talk a minute, like all the, all the positive things about WordPress, right? So Mm -hmm. you have a single site, you can stand up, you have a a admin backend that you can get into. Typically a lot of users are using um, like a media directly on those servers. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you and I are both uh, media developer experts with Cloudinary, right? Um, So as we kind of pivot to that Jamstack type of mentality, what like what services are you most commonly seeing, taking care of uh, user authentication, authorization, uh, photos, so that's another WordPress thing that we mm-hmm. just talked about. Um, your typical, like what's the best, CM- not best, but what's the most often CMS that you're seeing uh, kind of like, those are probably covering the majority of everything that we need for WordPress in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just talked through, like, four things-ish. How do we replace yeah. all those? And what are you seeing, like, at, at NLFI, if, if you know, on the Netlify side, that's yeah. most common,
1: commonly used now? Uh, I mean, I think one of the most common is just to use WordPress as a headless CMS. Okay, um, and I think that's that's one of the a really powerful way to do it. It has REST APIs. It's got a GraphQL plugin that's really good, um, and that makes it pretty easy to take advantage of WordPress's media management and and its you know CMS stuff. Uh, for authentication, I don't know that WordPress had a like a built in authentication unless I missed that. I think you needed plugins for that. But um, if you're not going to use WordPress, I think I've been really impressed with um, Prismic. They have something called Slice Machine that is is really wonderful to work with. I just did an episode of, on that with uh, Lucy Haber about oh, cool. uh, on on Learn with Jason. Um, uh, sanity. San- oh yeah, Sanity's great. I use Sanity to power the the Learn with Jason site and like Netlify exp- or uh, Jamstack explorers on my, Netlify. My
0: only qualm with that with Sanity, not that I have a lot, but the user, user authentication, authorization, role based. Mm. It, it's not there yet and they, they know it. Like we've had lots mm. of discussions about that. Um, so it, that's I think Prismic's kind of there
1: on on mm. that side. Um yeah, I think uh like strappy and contentful are a little more on the like they're gonna handle those more kind of enterprisey stories. They're yep. they're pretty dedicated to that stuff. Uh, and I, I believe Sanity,
0: once you're up in the enterprise uh, version of it has the story completed. It's just oh, okay,
1: the lower yeah. versions. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and these are where like kind of depends on what your goals are because uh, like on the free tier Prismic insanity really stand out. Uh, yeah. But when you start needing those enterprise use cases, then, you know, they, they, they are really good, but like Contentful has built its entire product <laughs> off of being a, a, enterprise-ready content management system. Um, so it also kind of, how many people are going to work with this content? Mm-hmm. What type, what, how many different types of content are you putting in here? How flexible does it really need to be? Um, and, you know, also how much work do you want to do to set this thing up? Because like yep. something like, uh, like Strappy is kind of point and click or Prismic is point and click. Um, Sanity is is a little more like you're going to write a schema gives you a ton of control and customizability um but there's a little more legwork up front and and for certain use cases that's amazing i i also just kind of like it as uh you deploy your your cms alongside your your front end in terms of like you can package them up in the same repo and manage the source code and and like the code is the source of truth it's not on like sanity's uh like server somewhere and i have to ask permission to get to my database or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, yep. there's, a, there's a lot of control that you can get with um, with, I think like strappy Prismic and, and Sanity are all like on your side, their code um, Prismic gives you code, but it like generates all of that code. So you're not actually editing it yourself um, unless you wanted to, for some reason, <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and, and those are all like, they're all pretty good for uh, on the front end dev side, not taking away too much of your control, giving you a lot of uh, a lot of, Freedom in terms of like what comes out—it's a, a pretty friendly API for Auth. I uh, I like Auth Zero. I think they've done a good job for that. Um, I think if you you know if you're trying to get into something de- like something lightweight, uh, Netlify has an identity product that I think is really good for the the kind of initial use case. It's um, it'll do like role-based access control, um, but you know it's not going to get into like the really heavy use cases of like, we need SAML or we need yeah. things like that. Like you, yeah, you can probably use the underlying library, go true if you want, but you're starting to get into like roll your own solution territory. Um, if you're going real heavy, Okta is really powerful. Yeah, uh, Okta is also just like so expensive. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, the, the price, I think for, for at least the people listening to our podcast, it just completely, hmm, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But yeah, there's some, I mean, uh, another one that I really like for auth that is kind of an unknown is OneGraph. Um, OneGraph is so powerful for this because it like combines OAuth from all these powerful services. Uh, So you can use your Spotify account or your Netlify account or your Google or GitHub or whatever to log in. And then they give you these kind of shared tokens and you can go in and access all this this different stuff on different platforms. platforms and build like really complicated queries i can go to your github account and then using your your github repo info i could drill into like what spotify songs you might like and i can do that all in one query it's really really powerful <laughs> um that I, I, a graphql enthusiast dream i think
0: <laughs> i have to i have to throw this up a fan for all of us of hey, course Kobe's Colby. Kobe's throwing a a wave at our, our way.
1: We were just talking about you, Colby.
2: We forgot he, a CMS.
1: His his ears were probably burning. We, we forgot we
2: Netlify CMS.
1: Oh yeah, Netlify CMS. That's if you want to go all Git based, um yeah. Netlify CMS is is pretty great.
0: Yeah, so I think that's a interesting thing. I've seen people use the Git API directly for a lot of it, but the 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 like backed um Netlify's authentication kind of comes into play in that one too. So it makes it a lot more powerful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, it's you know, it's it's the sort of thing that like I really like Netlify CMS for teams that are all developers because it it under the hood is Markdown. Yeah. And so yeah. you're gonna be using GitHub as your your workstation, you're gonna be writing Markdown and that whole flow lives inside of GitHub. So I've noticed that Netlify CMS is not great when you're trying to bring in like the marketing team. It can yeah. be super frustrating for them because they're like, "We don't use GitHub. We don't really live in GitHub. So why are you making us write content in in this like GitHub site?"
0: Um, so. Th- that's that's interesting. We're gonna do a pod, I think, next week um, with Agility CMS. They're they're mm-hmm. Canadian based CMS, but they've been around a lot longer than I realized. And so their focus is more towards like marketing and content um, mm-hmm. versus like the data side of it. So it's kind of interesting. All these different CMSs are trying to find like their their own like uniqueness in the in this spot um, for to fill that need. Um, the one thing I'm kind of curious about, and maybe Brittany and I are the only crazy people out there, but we're basically writing everything from scratch. And I'm, I'm curious if you see that often too. So two products that I, I usually use are Firebase to handle mm. all of what we're talking about. And somewhat newer um, is AWS Amplify, mm. uh, also kind of holds all of those Key solutions, right from storage and images to authentication to database, and then you have GCP or AWS under the hood that you can just scale out to whatever you need to do. Absolutely, are you seeing that as well, or is it kind of like those are for niche products and enterprise level stuff?
1: I think so. Firebase is dope. I've I've uh, I've done a couple episodes with David East from the Firebase team on like. How it works, setting some stuff up and it's like it's such a cool thing. Um Amplify, like I've I, I I love like not a dabbit on that team and I I think they do such good work over there. Um, what I have noticed about Amplify though is that Amplify is really, really good for the happy path. And then when you step off of it, you kind of end up in this really kind of murky AWS nether world because it's like and and like that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, yeah. it's It's just that Amplify was built for, like, this use case. And if you follow that path, you're going to be in such good shape. They do so much for you. Um, But AWS is a big world. So as you get deeper into AWS, as you're using Amplify, you're going to look over there and you're going to say, dang, that looks cool. I want to use that thing. And then you're going to try, and Amplify is going to fall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Um, the... The cool part—I don't know how long it's been since like you checked out the Amplify side of things—but the extendability with their cloud templates now, like you can basically use anything you want, which is oh, cool, amazing. Like you can just keep extending and extending um, wherever you need to go. So oh, maybe they
1: solved that Ben, because I—I didn't see the cloud templates when I when I last. Uh,
0: yeah, there was a moment in time there where you couldn't run your own stacks and stuff like that, and mm. now now with CloudFormation you can do. You can stand anything up you want. So okay. maybe, I, was I, maybe I owe a retraction to AWS then. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a it's a fair thing and you're not wrong. Um, there's a lot of hidden things that come with a uh, pre-canned amplify stuff that's going on. Um, and yeah, I'm part of AWS community builders. So anyone wondering, that's why uh, I kind of talk through this all the time. Um, but the the interesting part to me, when we talk about that WordPress piece again and that's what this mm. this whole show is about if you want to go into firebase or you want to go into amplify you better spend some months like getting things going because it's not that one click deploy still mm. so i think people are starting to figure out with jamstack there's a need there that you need this like one click type of solution like wordpress has so uh stack bits one that comes to mind um What's the forestry? Is it forestry? Is that one? Yeah, of forestry does that. Yeah. So there's there's a couple that float around out there. I think that's almost the next phase that we're getting into with Jamstack is the the templated. We have your CMS. We have your auth. We have like that whole piece that gets back to, to WordPress uh, coming down there. But now here's my thing. Why don't you just use WordPress then? Like that's
1: that's the trouble I'm having with it, right? I I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've heard that has been, um, it's kind of stuck in my brain since I've heard it is that the, the web is a slow cycle of bundling everything up into single solutions and then unbundling them into independent solutions. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that happen with, uh, like WordPress was this, Hey, let's put everything into WordPress. And then we saw the downsides of that because you're, you're using WordPress and it's great for managing your blog. And holy crap, is it terrible for managing a forum? (laughs) Um, and, and so we thought, well, maybe we shouldn't put everything into WordPress, but it isn't really fun to manage like a WordPress site. that's completely independent from a Shopify site. that's completely independent from your, your like discourse site, uh, Mm -hmm. because now you've got to move, like your templates have to get edited in three places when you do branding updates. It's just, it's kind of a a pain in the butt. So then everybody was like, well, if we're going to decouple them like that, what if we decouple them at the UI layer? And then we get to these APIs. So we see this disbursement of everything goes headless. And now we've got this, this kind of new paradigm, right? We were like, well, the services should just be good at being services. They shouldn't be good at being presentation layers. That doesn't really make sense. But then that leaves us with this, you know, as you mentioned, like now we've got this armload of things and we got to figure out how to fit them all together. Yeah. Um, and so what I think, I, I think you're right that there is a, a next phase, but I don't think that it's going to be like, the next WordPress. I think it's going to be more of a um, sort of a choose your own adventure where you're going to say, you know, I want to build an e-commerce site and I need a blog. I'm also going to do press releases and I want a user forum. And it's going to let you choose from tools and then it'll kind of stitch all those together into a headless site. And so, so you'll still be able to get that one click setup, but it's going to be managed by you know, a kind of a sur- like and that's what we're starting to see with things like Amplify. It's like, hey, do you want all these services? Use our CLI and we'll make choices for you. Or like Netlify, hey, do you want to deploy this? We'll mm-hmm. take care of the the Git and the build and the deployment and the role. You know, like we're we're kind of bundling up these things that are possible, but kind of cumbersome to do on your own. Yeah. And I, I think that the decoupling of of everything on the, the front end is opening up the market for someone to do that well. I think I, the trick though. Is going to be, it's going to have to be somebody who doesn't have a vested interest in competing on one of those vectors. Yes, yeah.
0: I, th- I think the next kind of phase two, like you, you talk about CLI type solutions, and it's like you want to go almost further past that, even right? Like it needs to be click install, and you know my yoga instructor can handle it from there type of thing, and she doesn't even have a clue that it's. It's part of a thing. Like right. most people that get on and go to like WordPress.com or whatever, they don't realize they're on WordPress. They just need to create a site, right? Right. I think that's kind of going to be the next piece. I will say that like even standing up our own uh, dash site on WordPress, there mm-hmm. were so many additional things for like a cart checkout and Shopify. And you, you like go down the list and it's like, wait, am I not just doing Jamstack here? So it's kind of, both sides too. I think you covered it very well. Um, I, I have a question from Brad fields out here, kind of on the same, same topic we were talking on here it says, uh, what, what would your top choice of CMS for making life easy for the marketing team question mark and for a dev who is new to the jam stack to implement? Um, so I think agility CMS is very interesting to talk through. Mm-hmm. Um, flame link is is pretty interesting they're firebase mm-hmm. I don't know I'm curious what what do you think
1: i think if i if I was looking for something that was that was pretty friendly for a marketing team um I honestly might reach for headless wordpress um i, I think because i I think the experience is just pretty polished in terms of of getting them in uh another one that I would look at is is right now I would probably look at uh Prismix. Because I think that the work they're doing is is really good in terms of it's a it's an easy UI to understand. It's it's nice to work with as a developer, and they offer some features that are pretty hard to implement in the Jamstack, like um, preview links. So when you make edits in Prismic, it'll give you a link to a draft, and you can open that in the browser, and it'll actually open the page with some special JavaScript stuff that will let you see a preview of the content. Um, That's really cool. And there are a couple of providers who have implemented that, but uh, a lot of them have like pretty server specific stuff and a lot of hosting things. So you can, you know, you can do it through like a very specific cloud provider if you build your site in a very specific way. Um, but the, gen- the more generic approach is, uh, is kind of few and far between. So, you know, WordPress has previews, but you would have to like implement your site as a WordPress theme as in addition to implementing it as a Jamstack site to get previews to work in WordPress right now. Which is not really what anybody's up up for, Um, but like with with Prismic, they've they've put a lot of thought into solving that problem, and um, so that that to me it can you know like the episode that we did it was ninety minutes long, and in that ninety minutes we were able to like build a new site, build a front end for the Prismic site, get it deployed to production, get some preview links running. Like it was it was kind of astonishing how much we were able to do in that that ninety minutes yeah that's really Even incredible
2: with the wordpress one too right
1: the word yeah we got a ton done with wordpress too like i i <laughs> will say like it feels like a whole new world uh with things moving to to a like headless model because once you learn how apis work like if you can pull in yep. data from an api you are you now have superpowers in this world yeah you have access everything, to everything. <laughs> exactly you can pull in like from literally anywhere you can pull in data and the, the process of working with it and displaying it is is more or less the same on the front end. So you've, you've just leveled up as a developer. You crack it once like, oh, I can pull data from WordPress. Great. I can also now pull data from GitHub or YouTube or Stripe or anywhere because APIs all kind of work the same.
2: Mm-hmm. And one of the things with WordPress, they've held that market for so long that it's familiar to those people. So like you were saying, like if it's a marketing team, you're going to want them to be familiar with what they're looking at and they're Mm going to be familiar with that. So.
1: Yeah. And it it depends on the requirements too, right? Like, are they writing long form posts where they just want to have effectively, you know, a word, a word document that they can type whatever they want in, or Mm -hmm. are they trying to do like really intricate pages with, uh, you know, like the, the scrolly telling blocks where they need like a hero image and then a big newsletter box and then a block of three testimonials and And that, that would change my, my recommendation too, because like, you know, WordPress can be good for that, but you do have to do the, you've got to do like their page builder, the Gutenberg thing. And that means you've got to build it for Gutenberg and then you've also got to build it for your, your public site and you've got to figure out a way to make that look right. And it's, it's just a lot. Right. Um, And I, I think that that's, that was another thing that I thought um, the, the slice machine product from, from Prismic did pretty well. Contentful is pretty good at that as well with the the more like stick content into very specific blocks and then display those blocks on a a website.
0: I I think for marketers, they still have a hard time with like Contentful from from my experience. They're still like, why am I putting this here? And it looks like that over there. And they can't like contextually put those two things together. And I'm (laughs) like, if you type these two boxes in, they look like this fun little thing
1: card that we build over there. Just trust me. And they're like, yeah. "Ah." All right. I I I mean I struggle with that abstraction too, right? Like if if I if I fill out a, a big long form and that turns into magic somehow, I'm kind of like yeah. oh, wait, how okay, so this goes here and this goes here and, and you know, so I, I, I can definitely sympathize with and that.
0: almost I, inevitably if you don't have a way for them to preview. Um, like Mm -hmm. exactly what they're writing. They're like, I didn't want that. it's like, okay. I I remember working in Adobe AEM and creating like all these different components that were just everything you said, a a hero card, these cards. And by the time we got done, it was like, why didn't we just write
1: all the HTML ourselves? This is ridiculous, right? It it ends up being a lot. Yeah. And I I think, you know, we're, we're just trying to find that right balance of like, how do we, how do we do as much of this stuff, uh, in as in as little code as possible.
0: Yeah, um, and Brid- I think Brid- that- and I chose to do uh, MDX for our backend, and we're storing that to Firestore. Um, the the int- or Firebase Firestore. Uh, the interesting part in MDX world is that you can create those components. But I have to be honest; like the further that we've made it down this journey, like maybe we'll get there where we need like a Kiro component or something like that. But we're actually just <laughs> happy with the markdown side to it mm. so but ours is very developer focused right like i would not hand mdx to a marketing person and say here you go type these
1: like shorthand things In this you know I, I actually kind of love mdx for marketers because it feels really similar to short codes in wordpress um well, that's a good point. i never thought of and and like when i'm when i'm giving you know if i'm not going to do a full WYSIWYG. wig then being able to say, you know how in, in WordPress you would do short codes and they go, Yeah. Okay, well it's it's the same thing. You just use angle brackets instead of square ones. And they go, Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um and I and I think that there's a there's kind of a, a connection you can draw there. Um yeah, I, I love MDX. And I'm not just saying that because Chris Biscardi's in the chat. Uh. <laughs> we
0: think this is him, Chris. Uh, I googled this. I'm, I I kind of already am hesitating. To put it up. I did not like what came
1: up on Google, so I, I Google hope press. that's the thing. Boop. no boop, boop press is is chris making fun of me because of the <laughs> i have the the boop emote it's
2: a jason thing <laughs>
1: yeah oh that's,
0: that's where like your whole screen
1: yeah that's <laughs> right, that's what that's what buries us every once in a while Don't mostly when Williams shows up it's
0: crazy um so yeah brad brad said thanks he's gonna he's gonna check out your uh prismic stuff there's a boop Yep. There you go. I'll just,
2: I'll just keep if, I, if
0: I do it enough, maybe that'll count. I don't right, know. Right. That,
1: that
2: yeah, up the we screen. need to get it filling the screen like Jason has on his stream.
0: Yeah, Brittany said uh, we need to steal you for some uh, OBS magic uh, after this. Uh.
1: Oh yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Uh, like the the streaming stuff is a whole other thing. I I didn't really talk about it when we were saying, but that's like another thing that I'm working on is a whole set of of streamer tools.
2: Have you done There's- a stream on? your streaming setup?
1: Not on my streaming setup. I've done some like streams where I work on the streaming setup, but not one where I like walk through it. Okay. Can, can, can we have back on for that? Because yeah. I really need to know. Yeah, I could. I, yeah, let's talk about it. It'll be, it'll be great. That'll be awesome.
0: Um, let's see here. I, I've looked at all of our questions. We've hit a lot. We've circled around a lot. I, the only last thing that sh- I brought up and then completely forgot to bring back up was the... Um, the two big things on the web, right? Images and videos. Like, uh, yeah. the only story that I have, and it's my go-to, is Cloudinary for mm-hmm. images. Is there another option that you would throw in there?
1: Yeah, so uh, Cloudinary is is wonderful. I use Cloudinary for all sorts of stuff. Um, ImageX is a, a, another service that's very similar to Cloudinary. Um, if you've ever used, like, Unsplash, uh, yep. is the API that powers Unsplash's um, photos. So like when you go there, you can resize them and stuff. And it's all done through the URL, similar to Cloudinary. Uh, mux is one for video. That's really good. Uh, they, they do a really good job with that. Uh, Cloudinary does both, which is one of the reasons why I kind of like it. It's, it's sort of a, if I, if I use Cloudinary, it's kind of one and done for me. I can just throw yep. everything at it and it just works. Mm -hmm. um that's that's our opinion too
0: the only thing that we're kind of concerned about which i don't know that we'll ever get big enough to be super concerned but uh pricing wise cloudinary seems a little higher than uh breaking that apart but i just love the service so much it's hard not to
1: yeah and and to be like to be fair like i hammer on cloudinary pretty hard with i use it for a lot of my demos i use it for the learn with jason site my personal site and you know those don't get like astronomical numbers but they also get a decent amount of traffic and yeah, sure. i haven't gotten close to my bandwidth limits to, <laughs> to need to move up um and and i think that you know it, a lot of that though is being strategic because if you upload a, a nine megabyte animated gif to cloudinary and then you put that on your homepage, you're going to burn through your bandwidth in a day and then so leave
0: you, transforms open and people do the funnest things with
1: us yeah exactly right so you want to be you want to be like mindful of how you use these tools but but you can get a quite a bit of distance out of out of cloudinary um yeah. before you before you'll run into the the caps i think
0: i just want to restate i love cloudinary
1: wait wait for it <laughs> <laughs> wait how do you get that swag i didn't get any cloudinary swag, Where's you it, the cloudinary swag where <laughs> yeah that's a, i'm
0: telling you Where's mine? I was just looking for my backpack. I don't, I don't know. I got all the old swag kit. It was sweet. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I have, no,
1: I have no Cloudinary swag. I, uh, I like. I, I also feel like everybody when the pandemic hit just like didn't. Uh, I know I got up my game. I got to get my Cloudinary <laughs> neck tattoo right. Just like. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no. I think. Uh, I think. Like when the pandemic hit, it was like oh i don't know I, we could send people swag but that'll make them sad because they'll be thinking about the conferences they're not going to oh. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like all the
0: sweatshirts that finally showed up keep me warm since mm-hmm. we're in and i are in michigan and it's always freezing up here so um yeah sorry i totally got off topic okay <laughs> So uh, yeah, so images and videos. The the video side, it, I feel like you have to be on YouTube to cover SEO. Um, even if you're like we we do our we are working on. It. I, I gotta keep saying that. I I wish we had all this done right. Um, so for our our videos, we actually have those locked behind kind of a paywall, and then we use Cloudinary mm-hmm. with a, a cookie uh, token so that it's secure, so that everyone in the world's ripping our videos off, right? Um, so that side of it is pretty well covered. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, YouTube you have to be on. I feel like to get any SEO value for videos that you want people to see and not have to pay for type of thing. Um, yeah,
1: I, I do think that's true. Like I, I think there's a trade because when you go to YouTube, you lose the the curation, right? Like YouTube basically yeah. takes it and throws it into the soup and. You hope that you float to the top of the soup and, and show up in somebody's recommendations, um, but you're right that if it, if you're not on YouTube, like you're not going to show up in the video recommendations and the Google search results and and things like that. It's really hard, I've noticed to to find videos that aren't on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> Alphabet soup. Good, that's a deep cut. Nicely done, Chris. Um, but uh, but so I think like. There are ways to like, there are really good services like, um, Vimeo for, for hosting video. If you want that video to be yours, like you want to do high quality video, that's only available on the, the website you're hosting it on and you okay. can customize the branding and colors and all that stuff. Um, Vimeo is great for that. Uh, Wistia is another one that's really good for that. If you're doing like, like if, if I was going to be doing, um, a, a course where I was going to host all the video myself and stuff. I'd be looking at options like that to yeah. to see like how can I control my content and but still not have to like really host my own content right. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to have to like do my own video analytics and do my own video player I'd love to outsource that
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the interesting thing um, Vimeo that's the one I was trying to remember the other night Brittany um, Vimeo I think is great. Wistia, tends to get crazy expensive quickly in my opinion. Um, we've, we've looked at that too and they have a weird way of marketing like your videos too. So mm-hmm. like great service. Don't get me wrong if you want to use it, but it, it feels more strategic for if you want an app or something specifically for video, which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's another topic, another segment of what we're talking about. So I love those two. Um, I had another thought. Oh, um, so kind of along that Amplify route, AWS, um, you can actually do a lot with images over there. But again, how much time do you want to spend on those things um, is difficult. So you could actually stand up your own API similar to Cloudinary and run that all yourself. I do find that's the cheapest option for both video and image, but you lose you don't lose you would have to do so much customization versus a platform as or a software as a service uh setup like we're talking about so another, another uh he is he is on top of his game today guys. <laughs> come on um so yeah i i think i think if you just cared about price and you didn't care about like developer experience or like just getting to market as fast as possible. AWS is probably going to be your your cheapest option for these things. So I do always like want to throw that out there. Um, If you're moving off WordPress and you want to get into the Jamstack world, you'd have to be pretty massive to care about those certain things and not use software as a service. So just throwing that in there too. Mm
2: -hmm. That goes a little too into something I wanted to circle back into WordPress. I feel like the developer experience with Jamstack is just... So, such at a higher level, I guess, than what you get with WordPress. I never, I'm a newer developer. I've only been doing this for a couple of years. So, I never dove into WordPress because I felt like it was such a jump from what the Jamstack is and learning that is so much easier.
0: Yeah, coming from a a front-end developer, which I think is your first foray into development, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you when you jump from that into like WordPress even like unless you're doing very specific theming type things now all of a sudden you gotta learn PHP and like yeah, exactly. think about servers and stuff like that it really takes you out of it so yeah, yeah it,
1: it, WordPress's model in general is like word there's PHP and then there's WordPress and yeah. I feel like WordPress is like such a unique architecture yeah. um in the way that it's run so it's it's very like you got to learn wordpress
2: you have to know wordpress yeah yeah that's exactly what i feel like
0: i think you made a great point though like just using wordpress with the wp admin or whatever and serving as an api it's it's a great solution for sure yeah
1: yeah i mean if you because if you do it that way then you never have to look at php you're you're setting up like the wp graphql plugin and you just go to that endpoint and get your data and you're like okay this is great I like I like just getting data. That's wonderful. Um, and and may I never look at a WordPress theme code ever again. Uh, and you know I I like I I truly do. I run it for a couple of my friends because they yeah. they've got sites and all they really want to do is is edit their homepage once in a while and write a blog. Yep. And there's really there are a few things in the in the ecosystem that are as friendly to that workflow as WordPress.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of like. I don't know if hatred's the right word, anger when they went to blocks. But I think for newer people coming into that, like they really enjoy using it. So it, the, the it feels block. like,
1: yeah, it feels like Notion. It feels like Medium. It feels like all the other editors that you use around the web. So I, I like, I am one of those people who didn't particularly care for, for block based editors. Uh, mm-hmm. cause, but I also, you know, I'm not the target audience. I'm, I'm a Markdown developer. I wanna, yep. I wanna write all my posts in Markdown and like not, have to think about that same, same uh so so i i i try to withhold my salt for because <laughs> it's like i it's like no i get it i get who this is for and like i use notion i like the the WYSIWYG and notion now that oh, i've used it i
0: wish it. notion would like officially release an api it would make my life so much better
1: yeah, the notion api that's <laughs> uh, the no i feel like the notion api is like uh what was that that guns and roses uh axel rose or what's it? Is it axel rose right his yeah. His album that was supposed to come out for like thirty years. Oh. <laughs> yes. That's the that's the notion. I was like, are we going with this? Are we gonna sing a
0: song? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you, know
1: you just gotta follow along. I get there eventually.
0: So it's it's funny because like uh, I think maybe maybe still to this day, but um, nextjs or not nextjs for sale. Nextjs, I, that's one of them. They're, they're just two in, in uh, interchangeable. Um, one of them was running Notion as their backend, so they hacked their API and started building sites off it. Of. Guillermo still does this, I think, uh, off his personal site. What? All right. like, yeah, we just we just you know it works, so we just hacked through it and figured out the API, and then we just use it. And he showed me what he brought it up, and he starts typing in Notion. And here's his static page. Just I'm like. <laughs> Was like that is crazy. Like, what wow. happens if they tweak anything? Like, you're you're done for. But, anyways, I I, I regress. Um, I think we are so far over our typical 45-minute time, but I love talking to Jason so much. I know Brittany's like, I think she had some caffeine today because she's like, I am so happy to talk to Jason. Like, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so with that said, we are diving into probably you know as much as I love our guests, I love their perfect picks. Uh, you know, I love our topics, but our perfect picks section—that's where we're headed next—and I just love them. Mister Jason Langsdorf is up first. Let me get the uh, the stream yard positioned correctly. I can okay. never do it quite right. Wait a minute. Why do I have chocolate? Yep, that's yours. <laughs>
1: chocolate <laughs> on your screen. All okay, right, so, cool. so here's here's my first one. Newhouse Chocolate. It's a, a Belgian chocolate company that uh, my partner Marissa found when, so this was actually really wonderful. When I was younger, or, or like, oh, wait, hold on. What, what am I trying to say? Um, <laughs> wow. For, Chris, for Valentine's you know. Day, Marissa decided to, uh, to like, buy me chocolates. And I, I thought that was so charming. Uh, and, and then she bought me like the small box because she knew that whatever chocolate she bought me, I was going to eat in one sitting. <laughs> and that was a very, very wise decision on her part because I absolutely did eat the entire box in one sitting. But these are, uh, these are some of the best chocolates that I've had in a long time. Um, so I, I am really excited about these. I actually immediately bought my, my mom's birthday was, uh, uh is, is this week. And so I, I bought her a big box of, of these chocolates. Uh, I got her the bigger box because she lives with my dad and I know my dad's going to try to eat the whole box in one sitting. So I wanted to make sure <laughs> she got some, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. but, uh, these are wonderful. They're, they're, they're really good. They, they ship, um, so you can get them, you know, during the the quarantine and everything. That's and, what I'm
0: going to ask. Are they shipping from
1: Belgium or they must be like, they you- probably have a U.S. distributor, I would assume, but, um, They this like the company is in Belgium. I don't know how big their their manufacturing facility is, but uh, they make really good truffles. I'm I'm a big a big fan. So that's awesome. I just listened to
2: the remotely interesting where you said that you had to get rid of all the cookies in the house. (laughs)
1: Look, look, I have one. I have one uh, mode with food, and it's eat. In. So I, I will absolutely like eat until I'm ill, and then when I get sick, I'm basically like, oh, I'm so excited that same. I'm making room for more of this food.
2: <laughs> very much same.
0: <laughs> Apparently, this uh, run is very common amongst us all. Yeah. Holy smokes, what is ah. this thing?
1: This okay, so this I am extraordinarily excited about. This is a uh, uh, Finex cast iron. So. I have been a, a big fan of, of cast iron in general for cooking. I, I love to cook. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and this is a Portland based company that actually just got acquired by lodge. Um, but they do these like high end cast iron pans. And uh, I love a couple things about them. The, the first one is I like that. It's a, a smaller company. Um, I know that, that because they got acquired they're they're not as small anymore, but, um, they they also, they do this kind of octagon shape. Yeah. Which at first I thought was kind of gimmicky. And then I saw with the lids, you know, when you're boiling something on the stove and you put the lid on and then the lid starts to bounce and then everything bubbles over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With these, if you take the lid and you do like a little bit of a turn, you get steam vents. That's clever. And then nothing, nothing does the, the boil over or anything. So it's this really, really nice kind of cooking experience. They're, they're super high quality. The handles don't get too hot. Uh, they hold heat really well. So if you're trying to to keep something hot for searing, or you're trying to do a sauce or whatever, you'll you'll get really even heat because the the cast iron holds it so well. And they're um, they're seasoned really well ahead of time. So oh, you've, if good. you've never had to season a cast iron pan, just be thankful that you never had to do it and and get one that's pre-seasoned because it's gross. Can it's that like go in this, the oven? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're they're wonderful. They're a little on the spendier side, but you know, I I would consider that to be like. Cast iron is one of those things that I feel like you buy it once and it will, as long as you don't attack it with something metal, it's going to live forever. So
2: I have my grandmother's cast iron pan skillet.
1: Um, It's been around
2: longer than I have. Uh,
1: the, the 10 inch pan is the one that I would get it. it, Well, it depends on like, how many people are you typically cooking for? Cause like I, I cook for Marissa and I, I think the 10 inch pan is, is plenty big, um, but uh, if you're cooking for like five people or, or or you know around that many, then the the twelve inch might be better.
0: I got I gotta pop this up and just scroll. Through. I'm two, so at Four
1: least. <laughs> <laughs> <is he> still? <laughs> oh boy!
2: You're two people in one.
1: Um, but yeah, I would recommend just the the one skillet, like the skillet, not the grill pans or the griddles or anything. And there's like a lot in here. There's, there's so much stuff in here, but uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, keep it simple. You can use one cast iron skillet for everything. Um, and the griddle is just like, it's a cast iron skillet, but without sides. So just use the cast iron skillet.
2: I need that. Yeah. I love it. I feel like we need to get Chris on here and do the Chris
1: and Jason show. <laughs> Anytime that I get to do the Chris and Jason show, I'm extremely happy.
0: I kind of feel like we need to do it until one of them passes out though. So like <laughs> just, a marathon. just a marathon. I don't care if we code and then just pause and say like, who wants a burger? And we'll <laughs> and just keep going. All right. I'm pivoting to Brittany's picks. All right. Seriously. Are they coming?
2: Are let's, they coming up at some point? Let's,
0: let's <laughs> do that marathon.
2: So first, we have Jamstack stack, right? Explorers is my first perfect pick. So there are short and digestible video missions that um, Jason's company Netlify put together to get you started on the Jamstack. And I've done the one on Next, and I think I went through the one on Angular, even though I've never written any Angular. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I'm not Wait, jumping. Did you say
1: you wrote some Angular? Does that mean I? I it's more-
2: no. I watched some Angular being written by Tara. Oh.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I also don't write a lot of Angular, but I totally yeah. watched that course because I love it. I love Tara so much. Yeah. She's like the funniest person. She she, she is gets hilarious. no credit for it, but she is low key the funniest person I know. Yeah.
0: Tara, we're calling your name out. Someone, someone send me Tara's email so we can uh, get her on the pod.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah that would be she's
1: awesome. she's about to take a leave of absence but i will definitely uh i'll let her know oh sweet thanks all right next up
2: and my other pick is ted lasso when it gets oh, up here
1: such a good pick oh
2: my gosh it was such a good show we binged it and like i swear it was like two or three days and it was Same. okay and i'm so sad it's on apple tv so not a lot of people have that but it is worth the $5 a month or whatever it is just to get it for a month. And it is hilarious Is it is about an American college football coach who goes to England to coach. I'm putting in air quotes football because it's soccer in England. So it's oh, just, it's man,
0: hilarious. you just lost half our audience. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. What did I say? People in India, we appreciate you. We love soccer,
2: oh.
0: but we call it soccer.
2: Yes, sorry, it's soccer to me.
1: Uh, that show, like makes me so happy i uh I feel like there is a a like segment Beth. of entertainment that i that I just like long for in my heart, which is shows where genuinely good people are funny and nice to each other, and there are so few shows that fill that niche. Yep. and I feel like Ted Lasso does it community does it like it's or not community parks and rec like oh, yeah. you know shows like that right where it's just like people that you like doing things that are mostly nice to each other it like sense. it's oh it's such a wonderful it made you feel
2: space. good like watching that show he's such a like genuinely nice person and it's like i want to be that person even though i will <laughs> never be that nice <laughs> but, yeah it's awesome
0: for, for me, it felt like it kind of had a slow start. And I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. And then I, I wasn't feeling good because I had COVID last year, which was awesome. Oh, um, And I just binged the whole thing. And I it was one of those things where you could feel yourself getting happier. So you just wanted to watch the <laughs> next one and watch the <laughs> next one.
2: It was. It just kept you stringing along through the whole show.
0: Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Holy. I feel like I, I watched the first four episodes, waiting for someone to be awful because I just yeah. assumed that it was going to be that kind of show where, like, yeah. it's like, oh, this is the setup before they drop kick you into the right. sadness, right?
0: <laughs> I, I feel like the not to ruin too much, but the the owner in that show, like, she was the person who was trying to be sad, but Ted kept
1: cheering her up. So. I know. I love the, the, yeah, the whole the whole the whole game. The whole we're gonna the ruin whole, the
2: whole show for anyone who whole wants show. to. Watch
1: it. So good. I'll just stop.
0: Okay, I'm gonna do my picks. Um, so, if you've never heard of it, this is uh, Code Newbie, which uh, you know. I'm just realizing I should have probably went like this and brought up the site as well. So, Code Newbie, this is the actual site and where they have all their courses and fun things like that. Hey, Kyle Lee. I think he goes by something else with a loco in it occasionally. Anyways, so they just moved from um, Slack and actually started using Forum. And if you think this looks kind of familiar, it's what runs Dev2. So Dev2 is, um, they they released Forum, which is their open source package underneath of Dev2. Um, I don't know if it's completely open yet. I don't know that it is. I'm probably not doing this justice. So I threw our page out on CodeNewbie as well. Um, I think we'll cross post, you know, see if people check out our stuff over there too. I just love CodeNewbie. So uh, there's great tutorials that you can always find out there. Next pick, check out Next.js on Netlify. Cassidy Williams is talking about it uh, March 4th. So perfect timing. That's like next week believe next week's march
2: she did i oh i know it's going fast it she did one march? a couple months ago too i think that was before the next on netlify um is it a plugin?
1: Uh, yeah yeah she uh cassidy has been like firing on all killing. cylinders the next content <laughs> i i she did a list of all of the the next content that she's created over the last few months and it's so daunting. Like she did more over the last few months. than I think I, than I think I produced in the last like two years in terms of content and it's all, all around next and different flows. So she's got stories on, on here's how you can do uh, like authentication. Here's how you can do personalization. Here's how you can do split testing, you know, just all these amazing stories of, of how to do next stuff. Um, And then Lindsay Levine, who's a little less visible, uh, but working, on super cool stuff for for Next on Netlify, um, has just been like chipping away at building this incredible experience. So it's it's pretty much seamless. Um, if you want to build with Next, you build with Next, and you you go to Netlify and it just works. And and you get uh, a lot of those. You know, we're we're trying when and earlier when I was talking about the the pitfalls of incremental static rendering, um, I do think there's a world where where you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're working hard on that. So I, uh, you know, no, no, no promises and no details yet. But like, stay tuned, because Netlify is gonna gonna drop something that's gonna help, right? Like, we're exactly. we're trying to solve this problem in a way that keeps atomic deploys that keeps that promise of like instant rollbacks. Um, but that doesn't get you in this mode of like, well, you have to rebuild literally everything literally every time right and and that also doesn't require you to get strategic about breaking up sites and and stuff like that but all of that is is kind of built off of the next on netlify effort um
0: are are you somewhat suggesting today if i said let's not deploy to Vercel, let's deploy to Netlify, everything would work including regeneration server side the whole bit
1: yes it would, uh, all the, all the server full stuff in, in next would run in serverless functions.
0: I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds pretty cool. Cool. Um, I don't know what's, what's going on in the comments. So I'm just going to throw some of these up so we can laugh about it before my last, uh, my last pick. Uh, it sounds like we've booked, uh, Chris and <laughs> and Jason for a Chris and stream. Know. It's going we'll to be some
1: awkward. footy pajamas and, and, uh, you know, some hot cocoa and we'll just, we'll just get weird. I think nice. that has to be a
0: requirement, right? We all come in PJs. And <laughs> so if, actually, this is, this is great. On, on Fridays, I, I usually do my AWS Amplify community builders like live code and we do, uh, Visual Studio Live Share. Oh, nice. I think if we all jump on Live Share and just take pieces of an application and just go. I think that'd be amazing. So that'd, we're going to
1: be, a, that'd be a fun, weird experiment.
0: Yep, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll have to put it on your live Twitch, and I'll steal the YouTube footage later. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I don't know what this means. It seems angry. Someone, oh, it's, me. it's that's Jason, me. That's Jason with me the
2: thumbs up.
1: I know. <laughs> uh, Bacardi says he, he acquired a cast iron. Well, I'll be getting a check from FineX in the mail. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> Why is Jay crying?
0: I don't know what the cry face is about. Oh, that was
1: because that was because you uh, you called football soccer oh, oh
2: oh gosh i have i have offended all of my british friends i'm sorry all of my indian okay. friends i'm sorry
0: it's not good i
2: love you all football forever
0: it's it's getting it's getting deeper wait for it. oh wait oh that was the wrong one. this one stop stop coming i can't clean. yeah yep
1: yeah, me and a onesie i yes. love it yeah right, we got a we will we'll set a we'll set a donation goal we we get enough donations to a charity i'll do a whole stream in a onesie Oh man, how much do you need? I don't, I don't know. know. We got to we got to yeah, find a charity and make it happen. <laughs> I like it. Code for Good
0: West Michigan?
1: <laughs> we talk about it. <laughs> right. Hit me, hit me we'll, with the
0: top line. We'll make this happen. Uh okay, let's let's definitely get some more What does this actually say? with it? Oh, here we go. All right. So
1: uh, for those on, on the
0: audio, I I had a little trouble, so this is from Jay, I I think. I had a little trouble with the serverless Next API functions getting converted with Next on Netlify when I tried. One thing mm-hmm. to note at the moment was Next Image needed a remote URL. That's so, what you
1: Cloudinary for. Next Image has a Cloudinary setup. Huh. Um, and I also wrote a little example of, of proxying the Next Image URL to just automatically use Cloudinary so that you don't actually have to do the configuration in Next. You can just plug and play it um there are, uh there are a handful of ways to do that with the serverless functions i would love to talk to you about what went wrong so that we can we can figure out how to fix it because that should be that should work um so if mm-hmm. if you hit something we got a bug and we we want to fix that so definitely hit me up and let me know
0: so are you saying outside of the next.config.js where you usually like configure cloudinary there's mm-hmm. a different way to do that uh
1: netlify has a uh a redirects file where you can do one ri- one line redirects. And the way that next image works under the hood is they fire everything to um, a route called underscore next slash image. Huh. And if you proxy underscore next slash image to Cloudinary, then you can run everything through Cloudinary's fetch API and you get a, uh, a really nice experience of, of being able to use Cloudinary's APIs without having to do any configuration or finding your API keys or anything. You can just whitelist your uh, your domain.
0: That's pretty sweet. Cool. Awesome. I wonder if would work with our coding cat media.codingcat CDN with them. Must. I mean if you're just proxying so. Interesting. We'll have to talk more.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Here. I, spend, I spend a lot of time buried in this space, so I I am always down to talk about this.
0: Um, so lots of comments. I, I love this uh, remote loader makes sense. Yep. Neat and uh following with I love the stream. That that's awesome. That's that's our whole goal, folks. If you like thank you stream, all for
2: joining. Um,
0: so my final pick. I know it's it's been a long time coming here, guys. Sorry. This thing is amazing. Like hey, I Jason's just blown away with this. Hey,
1: everybody gets to see my reaction video seeing this for the first time. What's
0: oh all right, let's, yeah, let's, this is even be better. Yes. I kind all of right. like this. Are right, you ready? Okay, yeah, draw an I'm iceberg. I'm going to draw my attempt at an iceberg to see how it floats, You right? uh, ready? Uh, 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 uh. Okay, all right. Bloop. Oh. Hey, look at it go. Check that out. I sat here during a meeting for 25 minutes drawing things to see oh. what they would do.
1: Is it rolling?
2: Oh. It's rolling. Yeah. It's going to go down. Oh. Uh.
1: Like you can yeah. look at it. I mean,
0: what is this? Is it crazy math? Is it CSS? I don't know. But is it a that canvas
1: is, that is extremely fun.
0: It's got to be a canvas. I I didn't even check. That's how. Like yeah, it's it's canvas.
2: Sweet.
0: I, I just oh, it blew my mind. So go check that thing out, folks. Here's here's a fuller version. Here I'll I'll draw one more.
1: doop Oh, that all your oh, that looks like a fish. Oh,
0: it made it it. oh that's a light one see it's (laughs) addicting especially when you're trying to listen to a meeting but you're like me and have add and just (laughs) bounce all over the place awesome well jason thanks so much for coming on we have to do the marathon Uh, we'll figure out what it will take what dollar amount is required to get uh jason and uh, I don't know. Uh, everyone in PJs. Uh, yeah.
1: The next all, all PJs all the time. That's that's really the life I'm trying to live here. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. And, of course. Uh, thanks so much for having me. This was a this was a blast. Cool. Thank Talk. you
2: for coming. Thanks everyone for joining. Thanks everyone.